Good afternoon, good morning, whenever and however you're tuning in to this. Thank you all for tuning in to the show, Last Word Productions, again, where I always get the last word. And here, you know, we go through the latest NFL and NBA news. So please be sure to like, subscribe to the channel, and be sure to comment below your thoughts and any questions or any topics that you would like for me to discuss in future episodes. And with that being said, we're going to get right into it. I want to start off with the NBA news today because I have a lot of NFL news I would like to discuss. So I'm going to go into the NBA news first this time around. And I wanted to discuss the Kevin Durant COVID-19 situation and how poorly the league has just handled that. And in all honesty, man, it it's it's bad. It was it was terrible. Let's let's start from the beginning. First of all, the league increased, not necessarily increased the like sped up the time to come back because they they tried to start usually when they start regularly like the season, the preseason, training camp, stuff like that. But, you know, these are special circumstances and these was unbeforeseen things with the NBA bubble and the the amount of games and months that were played in or the longevity of how long it was sustained and lasted. So you would think the NBA was at least give a player another, the players, excuse me, another month or so to, you know, just rest, relax, build their families. After they isolated them from them, they didn't. And this is starting to show that the NBA is just like the NFL, just like NHL, just like Major League Baseball. It's a business at the end of the day, and it cares about making a profit before anything else. It doesn't truly value they don't truly value their players as much as people have made it seem before in the past. And it shows now. Kevin Durant, in the game before, I believe it was against the 76ers. First time in his career, he's coming off the bench because of a COVID test. And mind you, he tested negative before the test, before the game, excuse me. And he still had to come off the bench. And... When he came in, they literally, he played, I believe, 16 minutes and went back out because one of his tests came back positive. Now, mind you, this, if he wasn't going to play or she couldn't be allowed to play at all, he should have just not have played. But because it's Kevin Durant, because he's going to sell tickets, it's, this isn't, this isn't, um, who's some players that made set up? Um. I'm trying to think. They done made some players set out a couple more. This isn't like, let me just think of my name, Seth Curry, right? This isn't Danny Green. I remember those guys set out for the 76ers at the beginning of the year. This isn't these guys. The Sixers had seven, eight active players, I think, at one point. So this isn't these guys. This isn't Memphis where they're going to cancel the games for the next two or three games because, you know, they're that attractive. No, Kevin Durant is one of the faces of the league, one of the best players in the league. If he could play, they're going to have him play. But it was so predetermined. You could tell it was predetermined that they wanted him to play so bad to put any care whether or not his next test result came back negative or positive. And they literally pulled him from the game. Fans reacting to this, the players, 
in James Hart interview, he spoke on it a little bit. You know, he was saying basically like how, excuse me, I'm sorry for that, but he was saying basically like how sometimes you know they they were under the impression he was going to play that he didn't, and now he did. You know, it's just make your mind up, basically. You know, Kevin Durant tweeted basically saying that oh NBA the fans aren't stupid, they're catching on, they see what y'all are doing. It's not a secret, and. It's just revealing that the NBA at the end of the day, like I said, is a business. Yes, it's entertainment, and yes, these players have more free will than you would see in like any other major sport, like football and things like that. But at the end of the day, this is a business, and it's starting to be recognized and it's starting to be realized that these dudes care about their pockets and sales more than anything else. So this display just shows that the NBA just has certain priorities in mind, and they're going to make sure those priorities are met. <laughs> if it's obvious by now, I don't know what else people need to see. And another thing I wanted to get into really fast was the MVP rankings again and who's the favorites to win, what exactly. And right now, the last time I checked on my scene when I discussed it, the LeBron was still ahead as the favorite while Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic were trailing. And Nikola Jokic dropped a career-high 50 points the other day and lost. I mean, it's, it's a lot of guys dropping big numbers of points in the game and losing. I mean, Bradley Beal did it. Steph Curry did it the same day night, excuse me. Nikola Jokic, the Joker, did it. Both of them have 50-plus po- point points. Steph Curry had 57, but lost. I mean, it's just, it just goes to show, man, you, this is a team sport. You need all five, and you need, and you need two to play solid outside of the all five and win. But other than that, I'm going to get into the NFL news. And I wanted to postpone this because I'm, it's a lot, like I said, to talk about NFL news. We're going to start off with the Super Bowl, of course. As we've seen, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers became the very first team in NFL history to win the Super Bowl. Not only just to win the Super Bowl in their own city, but to just let alone play in the Super Bowl in their own city. And that was absolutely wonderful for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their fans. I mean, before this season, they were the they was the worst winning percentage team, I believe, in all four of the major sports. I believe, I believe, I heard one of the commentators mention that. I wasn't sure who. I think it was Tony Romo. But they didn't mention that. And to me, that is crazy. Especially when you're considering how bad some of these franchises have been throughout all four of the major league sports. Like the Browns, like Sacramento. You know, it's just, it's just crazy to me. But they, this city deserved it. Brady has played in his 10th Super Bowl, has now won seven rings, surpassed Michael Jordan, who many believe is the goat of his respective sport. And now he's just, Brady's really just separating himself from the, everyone else in the league as the most successful player who's ever played. He now has more rings than any franchise. Look, keep that in mind. A player that has more rings than any franchise. I know some coaches out there got more rings and all that, but this is a player. It's, it's not easy for a player to go and win that many rings, man. I mean, it's just 
It's just unheard of. And excuse me if you hear the dog in the background. He's he's crazy. But anyway, the Buc- the Buccaneers defense played absolutely lights out last night again. They played they've been playing great football throughout the the postseason. They did play great football throughout the postseason. They forced Drew Brees into I think three interceptions. He had a Drew Brees had an absolutely horrific game. Aaron Rodgers had a pretty good he had a pretty good game against them. It's just that they made plays when they needed to make them. They made stops when they needed to make stops. And they did the same as that thing with Patrick Mahomes last night. I mean, this was the fifth time in his career he went without a passing touchdown. He posted a career low in a pass rating of 52.3. And the Chiefs, this was the fewest points they've ever scored under with Patrick Mahomes on the center for them with nine points. And they didn't have a touchdown throughout the game. They had no TDs. I mean, it it just, it just, they were just outclassed in all, in all three phases, man. Special teams, defense, offense, they, the Bucs got after him. They got after Patrick Mahomes every single play consistently. He, he looked like he was running for his life. About time the second quarter came when he tried to try to make something happen and couldn't. They desperately missed their left their left tackle Eric Fisher. They missed their starting guard and other tackle. They they needed him. They needed him because it was it was horrible. Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre, Paul, and Devin White coming on the linebackers stunts and pulls and things like that. It was it was bad the whole night. Seriously. And Tom Brady, man, and the bus office did what they did. You know, it was a lot of controversial calls that a lot of people want to complain about and things like that. Listen, I'm not saying there weren't calls that were BS calls, to be honest and quite frank with you. I'm not saying that. You know, I've seen the one against Tyron Matthew in the end zone could have been tucked. The one against Mike Evans went, um, I believe it was against Sneed, if I'm not mistaken. The one that he broke out of his route when, when the ball had got tipped and intercepted could have been tucked as well. But the rest of them, man, I, I, I can't say that they weren't legit penalties. I mean, Mike Evans got tripped up by Sneed on the go route. I mean, yeah, did he barely graze him? But yeah, but he still dove at him and caused him to fall. Regardless, he he fouled him. Like it's it's a foul, it's a penalty. Same thing off the offside penalty against. I think it was McCall Hartman on the field goal attempt. This this is this is the Chiefs' fault. I'm not handing them excuses about flags. When they had the number one offense throughout the league and only put up nine points, I mean, because it it kills me. Because when when Aaron Rodgers, right, when Aaron Rodgers played a like I said a pretty good to great game against this same defense, and he has a few drops and things like that. Same thing with Patrick Mahomes. Thing about it, Aaron Rodgers still put up points, still drove down the field. The Chiefs couldn't move the ball. I understand they were down some linemen, but so were the Packers in that game. David Bakhtiari, the guy that they just paid a good money to, was hurt. That's the best lineman. They was already missing their, their right tackle. So the Green Bay Packers are in a similar situation. And it's it's just asinine to me, man, how super, how, 
<sighs> Let me just take a too deep breath. I'm sorry. But it's, it's just so crazy to me how, how hypocritical some people are. And it just shows that they have certain agendas against certain and biases against certain players to prove they're right about certain players. Like, like my own guy that's from Strong Opinion Sports. I'm not sure if his name right now is lose me. But I watch him a lot. He knows what he's talking about. He watches the game. But he has an obsession, just like with Max Kellerman and Tom Brady. He has an obsession of trying to be right about Aaron Rodgers falling off a cliff and just not being it no more. Because right after the, the Green Bay Bucks game, he made a video said basically Aaron Rodgers is the problem. That game, he was the problem. He choked, which isn't true. It's not. If you go watch the game, guys are dropping passes, not getting open, and guys are literally not. It's, they, I mean, they didn't go for it on a fourth down that could have been win and go home. People want to make these excuses. Well, if you go up and you get the three and you make a stop, no, there is no if. Before that point, the Bucks were eight and eleven for third down conversions. Why would I give? Why would I not put the ball in my best player hand and possibly tie the game up? I mean, that, it just makes sense. But that's another topic for another day. Patrick Mahomes, he he didn't play well. Simply put, he had some drops. It was some big drops. It was a huge drop by Kelsey, I believe, on that second drive of the game, and I think it was. Darius Williams, I believe that's his name, the running back, number 31 for the Chiefs. He had a – I mean, he hit him in his hands, man. Patrick Mahomes is literally falling to the ground and threw an absolute dot. I'm talking about dime to him, and he dropped it in the end zone. Saint Tyreek Hill had a difficult catch he could have made, but there's catches he's made before. And to be honest with you, I'm glad the Chiefs lost because I think this might have humbled them. I think they played – I think they played arrogant throughout the year. You've seen in tweets and the way they perform and act, especially especially with Tyreek Hill and um, Travis Kelsey saying things like, oh, they must have forgot who you are and all this other stuff. I'm like, dude, no one's forgotten, man. But you're beatable. And last night showed it. The Raiders showed it. You're a great team. Y'all have good, great players, but you got to – Got to make consistent and humble, cause things like that will happen after. Okay, now we're gonna get back into the other sports news, and again, congratulations to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers for bringing that city a title. He has now separated himself from everyone else in the race of being a goat. He is officially stamped that in his resume, man. I can't deny it no more. He he's the greatest quarterback of all time. I have to give it to him. He he just proved it yet again. But in other NFL news, I want to talk about the Deshaun Watson trade rumors and you know how things have been settling over there. And it's being reported that the Houston Texans aren't when whatever calls that they are getting, they are telling teams that they're not moving Deshaun Watson. I want to just say this, and I want to make this very clear. Before I get into some of these old school players and coaches' thoughts about the situation on Deshaun Watson, the Texans are absolutely mentally retarded if they do not trade Deshaun Watson. And I say that because I say this. This is a guy who has endorsements, has already made good money, and is willing to lose money 
if it comes down to it. And it's looking like it's going to come down to it. If, if the Texans, if they don't get, listen, if they don't get the picks in return or the value in return, it will be their fault. Because think, look, the, the Jets are feeling card, I mean, calls for Sam Darnold, right? The, not only are the Jets feeling cars, calls for him, the Lions are now out of the race because they went out of got. No, not the Lions, excuse me. The Rams are now out of the race because they went out of got Matthew Stafford from the Lions. So that's a team that you know you can't trade with anymore. The Bears are in reports to be traded for to be traded for Carson Wentz. That so that's another team who could possibly be out the future of what you want to trade for as a trade destination. If they continuously to wait for this, teams like the Jets are going to move on and look into the draft and be like, you know what, listen, we got the second overall pick. We could get Zach Wilson. We could get Justin Fields if we want him. We can do that. Dolphins, like, listen, we got the third overall pick. We trade back. We already got our future quarterback. We believe in Tua Tagovailoa. So let's just roll with it, what we got. And those are the two teams that were tied most to Deshaun Watson. If the, I'm telling y'all now, if the Texans do not make this move this offseason, they won't even get literally a half or a third of what Deshaun Watson is worth if they do not make this move. They can play hardball all they want to with him because he's under contract, which is fine. I get it. He's a special talent. He's a, he's a top three quarterback in this league. I've said it more than once. But if they if they do not make this move, they are going to lose ultimately this battle because they're not going to get the value back for him and they're not going to keep the player. He doesn't want to be there. Let it go. It's already too far gone. And the quicker they realize that, the better. I don't know if they're still trying to play hardball because they want teams to increase their prices or what they bring to the table. I don't know what it is. But right now, it's not smart, man, because the draft is going to come up sooner than later, you know, and they they have to, they have to trade him if they want a, a great or good return for him because if it does not happen before the draft, that's it. Because at, at that point, teams will not only use the pitch that you could have got, but when he does sit out, which he has already reportedly has come out and said he's willing to do if it's, if need be. Teams will know at that point you will have to trade him because it will force your hand. They, they, they have to move him. They have to. If they want full value for him, they have to. I, I want to stay regarding the situation. I want to speak on some of the things that were said about Deshaun Watson by some former coaches and players. And... I'm going to start off with Brett Favre. And keep in mind, Brett Favre is the same guy who held the Green Bay Packers basically hostage by retiring or retiring or threatening to retire, going when he went to go play for the Jets after then went back to Minnesota. This Mind you, let's keep that in mind. This is the same guy. Same guy. And I quote, this is from Brett Favre. He said, you get paid a ton of money to do a certain job and just do it and let the chips fall where they may. I think we make too much money to voice an opinion, but I'm not saying he's wrong. Again, I think it's a different day and time, and it'll be interesting to see how the organization handles it. 
First of all, Brett, Mr. Farr, excuse me, not to be disrespectful. First of all, yes, this is a different age of time. I'm glad you at least know that. And secondly, to say that a man makes too much money to voice his opinion is absolutely absurd. Because if, if that was the case, why do why the owners have an opinion on what players should do? I mean, they make more money. If that's the case, an owner shouldn't tell a player anything. I mean, if we're going to do salaries and how much they make a year, we should just say, oh, no, nah, you, you shouldn't have an opinion because you are an owner who's a billionaire. So you let these players do what they do. If we're looking at it from that perspective. And secondly, yes, this is his job. Yes, he signed the contract. But he signed the contract. Look, look. People, this this is what people don't understand, man. Let me let me put things into a real world perspective, because we all don't work as me and their athletes. Let's say you get a job, right? You working at a a grocery store or something like something in retail. You get the job. You're told before you get the job, before you commit long term to this job. Say you already was, you had your thoughts and your doubts about, you know what, maybe this job isn't for me. Maybe I need to move on to certain things other than this. But the job reaffirmed you, saying that, listen, you're getting you're going to get a significant pay raise. You're going to be in a management position now, which means you'll be having more responsibility and more say-so in things that are done on the floor, right? So, as someone who works in the real world, you hear that. More money, more responsibilities, and more room to actually make improvements and to not critique, but to change around the store to make it better. You're, you're taking that because you, you know you're good at your job. You know that you have a lot that you can put into the job to make this specific job better, like the team around you, the store, and you're getting more money. Why not take it? Put that into Sean Watson's perspective. And now that you did get a job, everything, the manager's position isn't there. It's not. They just told you that so you could take the money increase. And also, the the roles and responsibilities that they told they were going to grant you, they didn't. Now, to ask yourself, do you still want to work for this job for the next four years? Because now that you've committed to it, you have to stay there for the next year, year, two years. No, you're not going to stay. Because at the end of the day, your word, the word, pride, people take pride in others' words and their words. And Deshaun Watson is clearly one of the people who takes pride in what he's told and the word of the people around him. They lie to the man. His opinion is his opinion, Brett. If his opinion is that, oh, they said this and did this, then I'm out. How is that? Something that he cannot voice or continue on with and saying that, you know, this team is full of it. Jack Easterby, Kyle McNair, these guys don't truly value winning. They don't care about winning. Hell, I don't, I'm not even sure. This, I'm thinking of as Deshaun Watson. I'm not even sure that they care about people of my complexion. So at the end of the day, why would he want to be there? They lied to him. They done destroyed this team, and it's literally players, former players and the current players, backing him to, like, listen, move on. 
do not waste your career in the in Houston because they will do it. I, I I just don't understand how some players and some people aren't supportive of Deshaun Watson right now. And this is who I really wanted to get into: Dick Vermeil, a former a former NFL coach. <clears throat> He was the coach for the St. Louis Rams when they won their long Super Bowl against the Tennessee Titans, yes. And I believe he was also the, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was also the coach, coach I mean, HC as well. I could be wrong about that, but I know for a fact he was the coach of the St. Louis Rams. But the 84-year-old former coach had some really questionable and cringeworthy things to say. And I'm going to start off with this, and I quote, I think they changed his diapers. I think they changed his diapers, okay, on how. And then he said, nowhere in his contract does it say that he's involved in making the decisions of who coaches or who leads the organization. Then he went on to say he's a great NFL football player and always has been a great kid. But I think he just shuts his mouth and becomes a better football player and lead the football team and let leaders of the organization lead him. Everything we heard about his character coming out of college does not reflect what he's doing right now. If you want to make all the decisions as an owner by your own team, this screams shut up and dribble. Just like how LeBron was told by that news that um, news reporter, or news commentator, whatever she her job description is, I'm not sure is. You know, it screams this. Dick Vermeil pointed out all these things about Deshaun Watson, but he failed to he negated completely how it got to this point. He didn't even address the things that the Houston Texans are doing. He didn't address the fact that, you know, he was lied to. He didn't address the fact that his team has been going backwards in the past three years by trading away some of their best assets, best players. I mean, they traded away two first-round picks and two seconds for a left tackle who can't stay healthy. Larry Tunsil is talented. He's good, but he can't stay healthy. Traded away DeAndre Hopkins for a terrible contract and David Johnson, and not even a first. They didn't get a first back for him. I mean, I just don't. I just don't understand how he don't understand that it, it's an issue, and it has a lot to do with who he is. Eighty-four-year-old Caucasian male. I'm not saying he's racist. I'm not saying he has prejudiced thoughts or anything like that. But his mindset is different. Than the minorities, it is. He's he said it. Said Max Kellerman, ESPN said it himself that he has, I believe it was in the '60s when Stafford athletes, track track stars, African American and minorities were basically you know boycotting the sport for it because of social injustice. And he was one of the guys at the time who thought like you know these guys on con- on scholarships, not contracts. They should participate in the sports because strictly because they're on scholarships. You're here for that reason. Do it. It's bigger than that. It's bigger than sports. It's bigger than selling tickets and being someone else's entertainment. At the end of the day, we are we are people who will voice our opinions and will have. I say so in our futures. Simple. It's that simple. He doesn't seem to realize that. And that was in the 60s, over 80 years ago. Not 80 years, I'm sorry, excuse me. Over 60 years ago, 
He still hasn't learned that. It says a lot about his character and him as a person, if you ask me. So no, Dick Vermeer, you're completely wrong. What you're saying seems real close to borderline shut up and dribble type mentality. And for him to even come out and say this is absolutely, it's ridiculous. It's, it's comical, if I'm being honest with you. And it's just downright disrespectful to the character and the person that Deshaun Watson is. Because he didn't want it to get to this point. He withstood all of the, the trades, the bad trades, the fact that they had a terrible cap situation, the fact that they had no first and second round picks the next two years, the fact that, excuse me, the fact that they traded away his number one receiver option in DeAndre Hopkins, the fact that they literally are a, a, an organization that no one wants to play for now because of everything that's going on. He was, he was still all of that. You know, he took it all to the chin and still went out and gave you a great season. But now that he's oh, voicing his opinion and saying he wants to trade, oh, now nah, he's he's not a great kid. Now his character is a questionable. What? Are people Did people question Carson Wentz's character when he asked for a trade from the Eagles? I didn't see Dick Vermeer commenting about that. I didn't see him commenting on Matthew, Matthew Stafford's situation when he was traded or asked for a trade. I wonder what the difference is. I mean, all three players are well, had time left on their contracts. They all three are getting paid handsomely. All three are very talented guys at their position. Deshaun Watson may be better than the other two, but all three are talented and have won games in this league. So what's the difference between the two and versus Deshaun Watson? Man, that's you know, it's mind-boggling. It's one major difference that I can say, but you know. That stuff was understood. Doesn't need to be explained. Uh, after that, I want to get into the fan Q and A. So, it's a short, it's a short fan Q and A today. So I'm only going to answer. I believe I have two questions. Uh yes. So, how will the recent Super Bowl win? By Tom Brady change, how we look at Patrick Mahomes and other quarterbacks in the future. This question comes from Byron Johnson. This is exactly how it's going to change it. No one, unless Patrick Mahomes gets to eight rings or something like something crazy, and he has he ultimately finishes his career with more reasons than Brady. It just changes the way we look at quarterbacks like this. No one is going to rival him as the greatest of all time. No one is going to rival him as the best quarterback to ever do it. I, I still don't think he's the best pure quarterback ever. I don't. I still think Marino and Rodgers are that. But in terms of greatest of all time, I think I think it's Brady, man, and and I think he just separated himself more from the competition. He outplayed a guy who many viewed as the best quarterback the past two years by Mayu. You know, he outplayed, he didn't outplay Rodgers, but he won against the guy who I said for years is better than him, which I still think he is better than him from a talent perspective. But career-wise, it's, it's no argument no more. Brady's the, the greatest quarterback of all time. That's how it affects the way we look at future QBs and things like that. He 
He was the one of the last pure pocket passes in the league. And he may be the last we see because we're moving in a different direction in the position. But he he just he just separated himself from the competition, man. And this next question comes from Byron Jones, uh, Johnson, excuse me, again. At the time Brady has retired, who would be the face of the NFL and why? Also, do you believe that the NBA or the sports should start bringing fans back, or are they moving too quickly in the process? I believe I answered this question last episode, but since I've already stated it, I'll answer it again. <laughs> Tom Brady, to me, was he's already not the face of the NFL, so I think Patrick Mahomes and guys like Patrick Mahomes again and... Who's another player? I think I think in the right market, Deshaun Watson and also Christian McCaffrey. Guys like that are going to be the face for a long time. And it's because they're just superior talents, man. I mean, especially Patrick Holmes. I mean, they're they're just it now. You know, they're what the league has. They're the, they're the big names. They sell the tickets. And do I believe the NBA out of sports should start bringing fans back? Um, yeah, but they shouldn't do it as, as fast as the NFL has done. I mean, Tampa Bay last night was absolutely packed. You could tell. And they said everyone in the stands was vaccinated and things like that. I'm, I'm not fully sure how 100% accurate that is because that was a lot of people. But it could be true. But yes, they should start bringing back people steadily and progressively. Like, not it shouldn't be just oh we're open now, boom, come buy tickets. No, it should be something that they slowly ease themselves into. But that's it for today's episode. Thank you all for tuning in to the show once again. Be sure to like and subscribe to the channel if you have not already. Comment below some thoughts and opinions or anything you would like to hear me speak on next episode. And be sure to follow me on all my social media flat platforms. Excuse me. I'm on Instagram, Last Word underscore, Productions. I'm on Facebook, Last Word Productions. And, you know, I'm also on Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon. Just listen to my show. Listen to the channel. Be back next episode. And I'll see y'all in the next one.